Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Pactum. I'm Mike Grimes. Indeed, he, you are. I am. I always, we always say who we are, and it just feels super awkward. And we say welcome. Welcome. Welcome, everybody, to the Pactum. I'm here with Pat on location. Right? We're in sunny Southern California, but it's nighttime. We're going to record an episode today, and we're calling it Poolside Pactum. Poolside Pactum. The reality is there was no outlet outside by right. the pool. So we're about, what, 30 feet, 30 yards? We I can don't see know. the pool. I we're, see it. We're by the pool. We're in Carlsbad, California with Pactum Friends. Yes, we are. And uh, we're just going to mix it up. We just had a great meal, and uh, it was awesome. So what did we eat? I'm going to pass the microphone now to one of our Pactum friends. Aaron, talk about the food. Talk about how great it was. Tell us what was good about it. What did we eat? Did we have, did we have vegan macaroni and cheese? Yeah, and some meat. <laughs> no, it was just, just some nice meat, uh, some great cheese. Okay. Uh, Smoked oh, mozzarella. Ooh. The we, bread was great, too. Okay. So uh, we, had, we had the uh, tri-tip, California tri-tip, mm, Southern California. Oh, yeah. Where was, did you get that from? It was Pat? delicious. Oh, my goodness. It was just heavenly. Yeah. yeah, Cardiff by the Sea. Cardiff, Cardiff City Market, Cardiff is that City what it's Market. called? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so literally, nice. uh, Pactum Verse listeners, we have a room filled with friends, Pactum friends, and uh, we've been at the Ligonier Regional Conference in Escondido, and so we're just hanging out. We had a good meal. We're kind of exhaling. We're p- going to pass the microphone around, thinking yeah. that you, as listeners, might like to hear observations, questions, two cents, sort of like if you were in the room with us. Right. What would you want to talk about having just had an extraordinary meal? And it, indeed, it was extraordinary. It really, it really was. <laughs> I, I don't even, it's just amazing. And Mike has his I Have Pie at My House packed him shirt I do. on. It's the one of a kind, the it only one. one. Of a kind, the only one that exists. Okay, good. Yeah. All right, so how do we want to do this? Let's just, we're gonna, they're going to pass the mic around. We'll do a little live Q&A action here, although it's not, quote, live, but, you know. Live people asking us questions. It's not a packed and responsive. It's not. No. It's packed and poolside. Packed and poolside is what we're doing here. Yeah, that's right. Hit us with it. But maybe if you make a comment, you can say, hey, here's my favorite Bible verse. You can share a poem if you want. Uh, <laughs> we'll even if you're a United you're Methodist, you can share a poem. But, <laughs> <laughs> but maybe tell us who you are, just your name, who, maybe where you live or something so that when people hear and they hear Aaron's Indian accent, they'll say, oh. Where's he from? He's from India. Right. He's a seminary student. Fair enough? Yep. Let's do it. Anybody? Who, who wants to make a comment, ask Somebody. a question? You can talk about the food, the weather. You can talk about the, how pretty your wife is who's sitting next to you if you want to do that, Lucas. That would be me. All right. Tell, yeah. tell us about why you, why you married your wife. I married my wife because she was the prettiest girl on campus by far. At the <laughs> nice. I like it. Yeah, and then God just confirmed how amazing she is by, you know, this year she holds to the law gospel distinction. And Whoa. Nice. I'm going to take your picture right now as you're sitting there on the, on the couch stuff, so. wearing Pactum swag. <laughs> Every right? time that I think I can't fall in love with her anymore and it, it just blows me away. Not, sound, you sound like you're from Brazil. I, I am from Brazil. <laughs> okay. I'm from Brazil, Santa Clarita, Sacramento, and now San Diego. Okay, right. so you places. are hearing from Lucas. Lucas, what's your last name? Cardoso. Okay. So Lucas has been taking photographs at the conference, the Legionnaire Conference this past week. And so we've got to, ha- got to hang out with him and get to know him. And tonight for dinner and packed him poolside, he brought his wife, Erin. And uh, we're, at, we're hanging out and having a good time. So Erin, tell us something interesting. Did you enjoy the meal? Why did you marry your husband? Why do you listen to the Pactum? Do you have any theological questions? Yes. Well... Lucas first introduced me to the Pactum 
a few months ago. That's like a Proverbs 32 husband. There you go. Yes. <laughs> right? Yep. And the first episode I think he had me listen to was the Proverbs 31 woman. Okay. And in the back of my head, I was thinking, wow, I do not want to listen to something like this because I've heard Proverbs 31 sermons right, right. a lot. Uh-huh. And they're really burdensome. And hmm. after I listened to it, my mind was blown that I don't have to live as a Proverbs 31 woman anymore. And my mind totally shifted. Erin is a, awesome. a certified member of the Pactum Verse. That's she awesome. has her Pactum beanie on even. So good. Uh, awesome. That's way cool. We need a question. Ask a question. Okay. Please participate, Andrew. Well, Tell us who go. you are. Yeah, my name is Andrew Hartung. I'm a Pactum fan. Yeah. And I do have a question. Oh. So um, Tell something else about yourself, Andrew, that might be uh, interesting. Uh, I am a aspiring seminary student. I've okay. done a year of seminary, and I'd like to finish and hopefully go back in the fall. Okay, super. And I want to be in ministry, and yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. My good. question would be, I have grown up in a church world where I was not aware of the theology that built the church culture I grew up in. So I didn't mm. have like a, a denominational affiliation that makes you aware of when your theology came about mm. and, you know, no creeds, no catechisms, nothing like that. Right. Yeah. And so I grew up somewhat skeptical of systematic theology. And I think in the college environment, the people that are proponents of systematics are usually not representing it very well. Okay. And so just thinking through systematics, my thought has always kind of been um, when there's something in scripture that doesn't fit our systematic category as well as we would like it to how do we do faith to be faithful to say what the bible says and some of these things that feel like they don't fit in our category because my thought is usually if it feels like it doesn't fit it's still scripture you know so some of these issues that um i think are helpful with tends towards more biblical theology and less systematic theology and stuff like that so how would you guys say you kind of deal with that when you're preaching when you're trying to be clear maybe there's a single phrase that, you know, losing the forest is can be confusing to preach or something like that. The first thing I would want to say is I, I want to remember that mystery is a good category. Yeah. And I think sometimes we in our circles forget because we are Bible people, right? People carry Bibles or they used to before, you know, smartphones. Yeah. But to our kinds of churches, people are into the Bible. They come because of the Bible. And so we kind of mock people, and I don't mean that in a bad way, but we, we look down on people who use the mystery card for everything. Yeah. But the reality is we need to remember, so we like figuring things out. Predestination is in the Bible, right? It's not a mystery. Amen. Uh, things like that. But I think we should remember that in our tradition, in the Protestant tradition, in the Reformed tradition, there's been a good and robust category for mystery. Right, mm-hmm. yeah. So it's okay. In fact, it's actually good to do your work and then say, I don't, I don't know. Right. Push, yeah. push that button. So I think that helps in our systematics. We don't always have finality because we say the secret things belong to the Lord, not as a cop out, but as a safety mechanism. Right. Um, I would say that first, I guess I do have a friend who went to a seminary and he would say to me, e- this is changing subjects a little bit though, up, conservative, Bible-believing, Protestant seminary, and they'd lost sight of biblical theology for a long time, but they overcorrected. And he said, Pat, every, every, even my systematics classes were just biblical theology. Mm. And so that's the overcorrection that wasn't good. 
and now he has, has graduated and he's trying to figure out systematics categories. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. sy- systematic theology is helpful because it gives us a safety. It's a safety net. Yeah. And I think I would definitely be someone who learned biblical thought, theology first, mm-hmm. started kind of skeptical and then realized how not only helpful, but essential it is to be like, I need, you need to know when you're bumping up against the edges of orthodoxy Good. by thinking that, oh, I found some theme in scripture that, <laughs> you know, and you're like, well, you're the first. Yeah. That's a problem. <laughs> yeah, 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 right. yeah. So even in that sense, I would want to make sure we go to the confessions even more than systematic theology textbooks, mm-hmm. because at least that's what the, uni- the church by and large has agreed to. So it's one thing for you or for me to disagree with Wayne Grudem Mm-hmm. or Louis Burkhoff, but to disagree with the historic Protestant confessions, we're not disagreeing with one person. We're disagreeing with literally by now hundreds of thousands of people. Right. Yeah. So before I say, I th- before I deny like God's simplicity, I probably better think long and hard Yeah. because that's like water under the bridge settled doctrine. Yeah. I don't know if that helps or not. No, that does help. That's very helpful. So, so Pactum listeners, think in terms of systematic theology. If you don't know, we're, ta- we're starting with a topic, right. and yep. we're, we're looking at all of the biblical data to try to see what the Bible teaches about that topic. Yep. Biblical theology is paying more attention to the unfolding narrative, progressive revelation, drama of redemption. What's the word I always forget? Organic development of things. Yeah. So that's kind of the difference. What yeah. else? Let's yeah. keep let's keep this rolling. This is fun. Hey Pat. Renee is and in Mike. my house. Renee, where are you from? Um I live in San Diego, so I'm a local here, but not originally from San Diego, originally from the Philippines. Okay. Um You came here to go to Bible college. Yep. So Philippines by way of LA and then now San Diego. All right. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. I'll, I'll start with a, an easy one, a T-ball, if okay. you will. Um, I cheated. I looked on my Spotify to see how long you, you guys have been around. It's uh, since January 2021. Correct. Um, Whose idea was this anyway? I, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. You guys are still going one we year are. plus on. We are. We made it past seven episodes. That was uh, the kicker. So I, I know that personally it's changed you know, my life, and mm. it's been an encouragement listening to the Pactum episodes. Mm. Uh, I know some of the people in the room, and I'm sure the listeners can say the same thing about uh, the podcast. Generous of you to say. Yeah. But wanted to ask you guys how it's changed you uh, and your ministry um, and mm. how it's affected you guys since starting the Pactum. Okay. Well, aside from the limo that picks us up right. every week now <laughs> right, for recording and, you know, no. <laughs> Super kind of you to say, Renee. Yeah. It means a lot coming from you. So. Yeah. How's, I'd say, how's I mean, it changed? I think Packin, he's uh, more of the meat behind what is the Pactum. I'm here for color commentary, laughs, you know, kind of to help out. Late uh, night editing late on night Tuesday nights. Tuesday nights. Every Tuesday night, if you want to find me, I'm editing a podcast episode. But I think, you know, it's uh, for me, it's been good to uh, help me even to be able to engage with church members at the local church level to think about what are the things they're engaging with, what are the things they're trying to learn about so that they might impact their little uh, world that they're in each week, and what are the ways that we can encourage them and come alongside them and equip them in certain areas. All right, good. How's it changed me? I don't know. Your stress. <laughs> I'm pretty stressed about the whole thing. I take it all pretty seriously. So I think it sounds like we're just making it up, but we're not. But on the positive side, it was a good way to say, all right, how can we help people 
to understand Proverbs 31 and law gospel and things like that. And so I am so encouraged. I tr- Here's how it's changed me. I'm so encouraged that people are finding it helpful. Yeah. Because it's a lot of work and all that kind of stuff, but I love it that it's helping people think more clearly. I guess, Renee, I'm, you know, public school kid. Uh, all I could do to pass. Uh, I got converted in college and so finally read a book. And I was dating this girl named Molly, who's now my wife, and I needed to not fail in front of her. So I started doing okay in college. <laughs> and so I'm just kind of the dumb kid, I guess, naturally. But if I can understand something, it's going to be really hard for me to get it. But if I can understand it, I can teach it to anybody. And so it's been fun. Yeah. It's been really good. So I hope it just keeps helping people. Um, it helps me as a pastor too, because if someone says, literally someone said to me the other day, um, she said, why, why don't you talk more about Israel in your sermons? And the sermon I preached had absolutely, it literally was the Proverbs 31 text. I preached the text in the, in the church and it really is not about Israel, but it was just on her mind. And so I responded to her and I said, uh, one among other things, I said, you might want to listen to the episode on Zionism and then let's have a conversation. And it was so awesome. It's like, it, so it's changed my life because it makes my life easier. So, <laughs> right, a two-page email that would have taken me hours because I care about what she thinks literally was like two sentences because see this episode. Yeah, It's so a that, resource to be able to get people, so you know, quickly get them some information, uh, but then not to write them off and say, listen to that, leave me alone. But like you said, listen to that and let's talk. It's awesome. Yeah. Yep. This Thanks. might help you, might give you some more questions. Yep. Aaron, you got a question? Come on. Okay, so I have two questions you guys can pick. Church history or Bible study? It doesn't matter. Just go ahead and go ask. Ahead, whichever. Yeah. Okay, let's go. So uh, church history. Okay. I'm just amazed to see how God used different guys in church history, different kinds of guys in church history. For example, Calvin and Luther, are, are they similar in personality or different? What do you guys think? I think Luther you invite over to a bonfire. Yeah. And Calvin, you invite over to a dinner party. Nice. Right? So one's going to be a beer drinker, uh-huh. right? And one's going to be a wine drinker. <laughs> Did so, Calvin eat at all? <laughs> some of his salary was literally in wine. Oh, wow. Serious? Calvin's. I'm not even making that up. That's wild. Uh-huh. So a question based on that is, which one of you would be Calvin and which one of you would be Luther? <laughs> Calvin. Okay. No, <laughs> that's so funny. You know, Martin Luther. So that's, that's really funny. I'm not smart enough to be around either one of them. I've stood in Calvin's pulpit before. Um, I've not been to, no, Wittenberg, but Luther. Luther, so since you bring it up, this is off topic, but Mm -hmm. if if people are, Pact and Verse listeners, read, if you want to buy one volume of Luther, buy Table Talk and uh, get ready to be enlightened, but laugh. Yeah. And I mean, there, one minute he's farting at the devil. (laughs) I mean, and you just are like, what in the world? And then the next minute, the Pope is the Antichrist. And the next, so Table Talk is set up, they, they had renters. They had people who lived in their home and paid rent and their students, like seminary students. And they would sit around the table with uh, Calvin and Katie and ask questions. And they would take turns, I believe, taking notes about what Martin would say. So what's the one Calvin thing that people should read? Calvin's Institutes, obviously we all want to be tough 
you know, people and say we've read the McNeil right, Battles yeah. versions. Yeah. But there is a abridged edited version. Uh, the person's name, I think, last name is Hillary. I think it's a man with a woman's name. Um, but anyway, I think it's Hillary. And I like that because at least people can say they've read Calvin. Yes, it's sure. edited. Yes, yeah. it's abridged. Mm-hmm. But most people quit. So buy that little tiny paperback. Read that first. Really helpful. It's amazing. People say he was a, a, a theologian of the Holy Spirit. Hmm. Just so much emphasis on the Holy Spirit, yeah. so much emphasis upon um, his work. And uh, I, I think Calvin is good. He uses the word stupid a lot. <laughs> That's interesting. Like a lot of times he uses the word stupid. <laughs> That's super interesting. So anyway, what else? Um, so the parable of the treasure hidden in the field in Matthew 13. Yep. Is it uh, Matthew 13? Yeah, it is. Um, so a lot of people use this passage to talk about surrendering all and giving all to Christ, who is the supreme yeah. treasure. Yep. Good. Um, how do you like, how, how do you interpret that passage? So I would take it. I have a terrible memory, so I always have to check what I taught. So I know what I believe. Um, right. But <laughs> I'm stealing that line from somebody else, but I think, when you see Christ for who he is, you know what? Nothing will stop you from trusting in him. So you don't have to make it this weird kind of, I'm super committed, look how awesome I am. You see him for how awesome he is, and guess what happens? God is working in your heart, and nothing will stop you from seeing him as your one and only Savior. So I think it's wrong to say, I therefore treasure him so much. I'm so virtuous that I figured all this out that I'm going to treasure him, but it's a duh. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the father, but by me. I mean, there's no one else that can give you resurrection power. Unstoppable. I'm going after him. I don't care if you hate me. I don't care if you love me. I don't care if you try to stop me. Where else should we go? You have the words of eternal life, right? So that I, do you agree? Does that work? Absolutely. That, that helps a lot. Yeah, that's super helpful. Thank you. All right, let's keep this party going. Aaron, you got anything? Two questions. All right. Oh, good. That's even better. Our ratings are definitely going, going up. up. First one would be, as someone who is a new Pactum listener, Okay. what encouragement or challenges would you have for people who have jumped into the Pactum pool? Oh, that's new. That's a poolside cool. Pactum episode, but now it's jumping into the Pactum but, um, pool. Man, that was right? that's witty. So that's question number one, right? Question number one. Okay, so I would say the early episodes have good content, but we, we talk kind of know. slow. <laughs> but at the same time, episode two, Long Gospel, yeah. is... number would, Like number one downloaded it's episode. A, it's a, yeah. So. We'd I mean, like to redo that one because yeah. it's gotten more interesting, we think. Maybe not. <laughs> so that might help. I mean, when I'm learning something new, I like to jump around and find out what I'm interested in. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's not the kind of thing where you start at episode one. What's a topic you're, topic you're interested in? Yeah. Go for it. And we love knowing topics you might be interested yeah, in. Yeah, so let us know. Let us know. That would be good. How, yeah. about, how about your next question, Aaron? Uh, my next question was kind of thinking about communion and how our church has thought about it differently that okay. I don't have to feel guilty every week. Mm. And um, we're going in through Hebrews right now. And I think it's like Hebrews 10 or 11. It, 
I remember there was a sermon talking about worship and how mm-hmm. we have to cleanse our hearts before we come in worship to for it to be holy, for it to be right. Okay. So how do we think about worship at the Pactum? I don't know the sermon involved and the cleansing and the holy thing, but also always remember that your heart, if you're in Christ, yeah. if you're trusting in Christ, your heart is pure, right? So first and foremost, re- realize how bad your heart is. There's only one solution. And at Hebrews for sure, holistically would argue there's only one way to deal with your heart. Right. So God sees you as if you were as perfect as his son. Right? Positional reality. Yep. That doesn't mean, though, that there isn't a sense in which in our lives we're supposed to strive. And we don't want to be antinomian hypocrites who say, hey, grace. Um, so th- there, there's that reality. I don't want to be a hypocrite. Although I'm always going to be one until I'm glorified. Right? Yeah. So a hypocrite, yeah. mm-hmm. in a certain sense... We're always going to be because there's always going to be a gap between your life and your thinking and your affections and what God requires until glory. But at the same time, you've got to remember, I want to strive after godliness by God's grace, but it's out of, out of a position of safety. Yeah. Right. You're safe in Christ. So now do the right thing. That's a huge difference. So here, here's it. I like this illustration because I'm a bike guy. You might not like it, Aaron, but I hope you do. Pretend like you're a bike person. Maybe you are. I don't know. But So when I ride my mountain bike, there's this, um, this brick path that is about six inches wide. And it's long. So it's long and narrow. And it's elevated about one inch. So one inch high, six inches wide, and long. And I never fall off of it. Ever. Maybe once, if I'm honest. Okay. <laughs> but generally speaking, when I ride this particular spot, it's weird because you're kind of nervous, but you can do it. But now think about this. But I'm, I'm safe because if I fall off, what's going to happen to me? Nothing. Right, yeah. Nothing at all. But if that same six-inch brick little path was elevated five feet, I'd fall off every time. Yeah. 50 feet, I would die. So... I think of it in those terms. I'm safe in Christ. And if I fall off, you know what? It's not a casualty. But if it were five feet high, I would be terrified. I wouldn't be safe. And I would fall off every time. So I guess what I'm getting at is you're safe in Christ. It doesn't mean you're not going to stumble and fall, but you're safe. Yeah. No matter what, he's going to see you through to the end. And that, therefore, I think you're going to be better at riding that trail because you're not per like paralyzed by fear. Oh no. Oh no. I am a child of God in Christ. Nothing can take this away. I think you're going to see more victory in your life yeah. and more godliness. Yeah. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. yeah. No, that's really encouraging. Yeah. I think it, yeah. Union with Christ is, it's huge. It's a big deal. I it, mean, and it changes that approach that how you're you know coming to worship or whatever it may be. It by the power of the spirit in us that we would, offer our worship or come and do these things through Christ. Yeah. Knowing that he's our intercessor, he's our mediator, he's our advocate. Yeah. Uh, then we claim and cling to him yep. and nothing else. So in Roman Catholicism, you have assurance never, but maybe you'll have it later in your experience mm. in Protestantism and biblical Christianity. You have assurance at the very, 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 very beginning 
Therefore, having been justified, we have peace with God. Mm-hmm. Assurance starts at the beginning. Before I do one right thing, assurance, yep. which we have to remember certain circles that we run in, people, people teach assurance as if they're Roman Catholic. Yeah. Okay? And the big lordship circles, that's how it is. That's Roman Catholicism. It's not right. And so we've got to understand we're Protestants. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Does that help? So I guess as a follow-up to that, since you know Aaron mentioned Hebrews a little bit, how would you guys take the warning passages? I'm kind of asking that a little bit as a devil's advocate. They're here dangerous, yeah. so you should be warned. Yeah, be warned. <laughs> like in Rome, uh, like in Hebrews six. six? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you taste of the heavenly gift. You experience these things. So I would take them off the top of my head to be people are in the church in church life and they benefit. So even at, um, all of the different. Fellowship, encouragement, friendship, church life, worship, yeah, all integrity, people dealing with one another with integrity and holiness. So you've tasted, you've experienced Christianity, you know, in, in that sense. Right. But if through trials and time and everything else, you walk away, there's no hope for you because the only hope is in Christ. And you walked away that the only, but it wasn't that you lost your salvation. It wasn't, it was that you experienced these great things. So I have to take it that way. I think, I think that's pretty standard way of taking it. You think so? All right. All right. So, um, just in the same vein, just thinking about the Lord's supper, um, I've been through to a few churches in the area since we got here and it's, it's just fantastic. And, and there's that sense when you, when you partake, you are partaking with the body uh, of Christ there. Okay. Present. And also, um, the last church that I was at when we had the supper was, um, the pastor said, so if, if, if you have messed up, welcome to the club. <laughs> We're all in need. Okay. And we come to the table needy to be nourished. Um, so my question would be like, in, in what sense is Christ... Um, Coming or, or um, coming to us as opposed to we remembering that the is it is it is my question would be like is it us trying to do something growing up or is Christ doing something for us in the Lord's Supper? Well, we we know the answer is the latter based upon the way you even posed the question. Of course, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. Of course. <laughs> I just wanted to be clear in my own mind. That's okay. good. Okay. That's good. I think, but let let's remember it is remembering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not either or. So you yeah. don't have to have the Zwinglian view when you say remember. You really are remembering. Yeah. Do this in remembrance but, of me. Yeah, yeah, but you also at the same time don't have to be a Roman Catholic transubstantiationist. So eat my flesh and drink my blood kind of stuff. But I, I personally think there's a supernatural Holy Spirit unique presence. And it is a, an empowering by the Holy Spirit not because of the bread and the wine, but it is a unique ordinance Mm -hmm. that the Lord supernaturally uses. So I'm more Calvinistic in my perspective of things. Uh, But it's okay to still stress remember. Right. Okay. Right? Is that fair? Wonderful. Yeah, great answer. So complimenting this, I think I might take a different view. Well, complimenting this, I, I don't think Hebrews 2 is talking about the supper personally. Maybe I'll change my mind someday. But in Hebrews 2, it's re. Hebrews 2 is awesome Mm -hmm. because Hebrews 2 talks about the Lord Jesus in the presence of his people, in the assembly, uniquely present. I think it talks about singing. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. It's a, it's a yeah, singing yeah. kind yeah, of thing. Brothers. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And so I think that is, I, it changed my whole view of church. Mm-hmm. Some people tie it to the supper, if that's what it's talking about. I just think it's more corporate worship, Yeah, yeah. Uh, which includes the supper, right, but it. it's, it's rocking your mind. So mm-hmm. now church is more than a bigger Bible study. Mm-hmm. It's big. It's more than big pietism, right? Yeah. So the the worship of the people of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, via His Spirit, uniquely attends that worship service. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With His people, I'm like, I like church. Yeah. Right. Uh, I think Sinclair Ferguson talked about when you hold the hymnal. Think of it in your mind, if possible. If it's not not idolatrous, you're holding it with the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, you're singing with Him. Yeah. Wonderful. He's there to encourage yeah. you. I. It changed, it changed my perspective on things. What else? Renee's got one. Um, if I could get either of you guys' perspective on church on a Sunday morning, what, what is that to you guys? Is it you know the preaching of God's word? Is it people uh, fellowshipping with one another? Uh, is it uh, the church or maybe members serving? Uh, what would you say uh, is a Sunday morning? Okay. At church. Yeah. So I'm going to go, we would go super lean yeah. as far as kind of in the reformed tradition, it's word and sacrament ministry. So the preaching of the word of God by the man of God to the people of God corporately gathered together. Uh, I mean, that, that's what it is. Obviously it's complemented with the sacraments. So the Lord's supper baptism, right. and then we are, are also going to have complementing that, um, would be church discipline, so when appropriate. So apart from those two marks, and then the reformers would add a third, really, mm-hmm. I think essentially, yeah. discipline, apart from those three, you don't have church. Right. Okay. Two-part question. I, I, for all the Pactum listeners out there, I'm sure you guys will recognize law and gospel. And for and listeners who are just tuning in. What episode law, is that? Laws, what God requires. Right. Gospel is what God graciously provides. Right. And mm-hmm. if it's so important to us as mm-hmm. Christians, uh, I guess this, this is more of a pastoral help. Uh, yep. For those who are listening and might be going to a church that does not teach law gospel mm-hmm. or maybe confuses the two. Yep. Um, what would you say or how would you help them? Should they leave that church? Should they find a different church? Should they talk to their pastor about law gospel and ask them about it? Good. So I think we we should probably, we need to be careful that we don't have too low a view of church. So I think there's a time to leave a church, but I also want to be careful. God has ordained church to be church. It's important and pastors to play a vital role. So be slow and careful. And on the Pactum, we are pro-pastor. We are pro-church. Yeah. We love it that so many pastors love the Pactum because we're a resource to help them not aim a... They're not a target. Yeah. But having said that, if a pastor can't figure out the difference between what God provides and what God requires, they're going to get the gospel wrong. Mm. It just it, it is how it is. And so try to help them reach out encourage, but if they can't figure that out, you probably need to start looking for a place that gets the gospel right. Um, that is a confessional church, maybe is another way of putting it, that's in agreement with other Christians who've gone before. The law gospel distinction is Protestant. So it is, it is part of the Reformed tradition. It's part of the Lutheran tradition as well, but it's part of our tradition. So God requires perfect, personal, perpetual obedience. Do this and live, Right? Yeah. Love God and love neighbor. 
That's not the gospel. Um, husbands love your wives. That's not the gospel. Right. Right. Proverbs but 31. Proverbs 31 and the strict requirement. <laughs> that's not the gospel. It's what God requires. So then you say, that's what, no, that is what God requires. It's yeah. not the gospel. So you have to look to Christ to meet the obligation for you. And now we do want to do the law. We call that the third use of the law in our tradition. Mm-hmm. If we don't get this right, we're just going to manipulate people. We're going to be legalists. We're going to, we're going to not rest in Christ. And I think it's one of the biggest problems, if not the biggest problem in evangelicalism. And we have law light, right? Romans 10 is law heavy. Paul wants people to say, I'm undone. I can't do it. Hmm. Therefore, look outside of yourself. Look to Christ. So I want to preach law for sure. But it's there. You cannot do it. But law light is Joel Osteen. Oh, isn't it wonderful? Or Oprah, you know, basically the gospel is love God. And that's easy. <laughs> it's not easy. That's what you can't do. It's right, the hardest right. thing ever. Just because you have a million dollar smile, um, <laughs> you know, right? And say it nicely. It, that's he's the worst legalist around. So how did we get off on that? Let's help pastors though. Let, let, let's not slit their tires uh, and make fun of them <laughs> or their throats. Right. I didn't understand it for a long time. My Horton's book, Christless Christianity, literally changed my life. Not because Mike Horton is some kind of special person, but because it articulates law and gospel in ways I can understand. And it's like, oh, duh. Hmm. You know? So let's love pastors, love churches. But if they don't get it, we, we, we got we to change the plan. Um, I just have a, like a quick one quick question. Um, is it okay to use the law gospel distinction and passages like the rich young ruler um, to preach the gospel to someone? So, like, if you sit by someone in the plane and the conversation gets going and, you know, um, yeah. you start talking or with a friend, right. you know, um, and you start talking, and is it is it okay to use the law gospel distinction to preach the gospel? I, I, I mean, please do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We'll upgrade you to first class. Factum style. <laughs> right. I mean, that's exactly how we want to think. What does yeah. God require? So I want to devastate people with God's law. Right. And we listeners need to know, we, we don't mean by God's law, the mosaic law per se, or the 10 commandments per se. Jesus affirms that the law is love God and love your neighbor. Right. Right. And so I, I want to do that all day long, mm-hmm. right? And people think they do, but they don't. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe this helps too with people, with people listening. Love is not the gospel. Mm-hmm. If we, I mean, for those of us sitting in this room and all of you, several listeners listening. <laughs> several, yep. <laughs> several thousand. <laughs> As you're listening, if you can figure this out, if you can figure out that love is law, according to Jesus, rich mm-hmm. young ruler, not gospel, you... I'm not even making this up. You'll change the world. Hmm. I mean, if you can figure that out, you'll change the Mm -hmm. world because you can preach the law to people. So then you can preach the gospel to people. Mm -hmm. The gospel is that God loved us Mm -hmm. and gave his son for us. So, so good. That's good. Yep. All right. Well, this has been fun. In fact, it's been a lot of fun. We'll do it again sometime. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the Pactum. You can reach us in all the special places. Everywhere. Right? Wherever you need to find us, you can find us. You can. We're out there. Just (laughs) Google search the Pactum and you'll find us. There might be some law firm or something else called the Pactum, (laughs) but that's okay. You can find the Pactum. We'd love to hear from you. Yes. And uh, we'll see you next time on the Pactum. Pactum.